to ask anyone who's listening right now to look at in what way am I sacrificing my overall well-being mm -hmm. because of this vocation that I am this calling that I am so grateful and so gifted to possess and how can I empower that calling without losing myself my self-worth or yeah. my mental health in the process welcome to the artist becoming podcast Hey Jess. Hey Shelby, a five, six, seven, eight. Join us in weekly conversations with performing artists across stages, studios, rings, fields, and screens. Every conversation, a chance to dive deep into the story of their becoming. All right, Shelby, let's get on into it. Welcome to another episode of Inside Out, Small Chats, Big Topics, where together we discuss some big topics that are circulating our industry, those ones that we just don't usually get to talk about. We're going to share some personal insights, stories, good giggles, nitty-gritty challenging sides of the industry that we just don't usually sit with. And if you have a topic you'd like to hear us talk about, DM us your thoughts at artistbecoming on Instagram or send us an email at artistbecoming at gmail.com. Hi, Jess. Hi, Shelby. What are we here for? Another episode of Small Chats, Big Topics. Woo -woo. Um, today's topic, very big topic, mm -hmm. is going to be the velvet handcuff of identifying with or accessing your calling, um, your purpose. And specifically for the conversations we're having at Artists Becoming, that being a very powerful thing for many artists, for many performing artists, and something that they identify very early on is that incredible passion that becomes a calling, uh, that becomes an entire life and a focus that we are governed by, that we are guided by, and um, that we have the absolute honor and gift of accessing Yet, this velvet handcuff that Shelby, you've spoken to several times in our conversations of how it can challenge us, how it can present as a challenge, actually, as both this guiding light and this sort of velvet handcuff. So what I'd love is for you to talk us through what is that concept of the velvet handcuff and um, the scrunchy one might say. <laughs> Definitely not velvet. It's from CBS. But um, for the purpose of the, sim the symbolism of this conversation, um, what is that velvet handcuff concept? How have you managed and dealt with it and reflected on it and communed with it throughout your career, throughout your life? And what are productive ways that we can um, look at this, that we can productively, proactively move forward with this sort of challenge of tapping into a purpose so early on? Thank you for asking the question. I think that this is such a, um, this is such a precious topic, I think, because first of all, it is an absolute luxury and privilege to identify your calling at all. And we might have more than one, but I've spoken to so many people far along in their professional journeys that, um, express this almost fear of never even ever identifying that calling. Um, and that breaks my heart 
uh, specifically because we are we are among a population, um, I would say artists in general, but the majority of performing artists specifically, where that passion, that seed is planted from such a young age, it's watered and nourished from such a young age, the weather rolls in, uproots it, tears it out, and it grows again, and it's something you just can't even help almost, um, and that's why I'm obsessed with this kind of concept of a velvet handcuff. You think of handcuff is like chained, it has predominantly negative connotations, but a velvet one where it's like quite comfortable to feel so enraptured by something, um, almost encaged in a way. Uh, so I guess to start this conversation off, I'd love to point to some of Elizabeth Gilbert's work. She is one of my most favorite expansive writers and thought leaders. And she had put a video out there a while ago about the discerning between a hobby a job, a career, and a vocation. And it was just this like light bulb uh, moment for me to understand that, you know, a hobby is something that is zero stakes. You literally do it because it brings you pleasure. It brings you joy. There's, you're not trying to impress anyone. You're not trying to make money off of it. It's just something you do for fun, right? And then you have a job, which is necessary to facilitate um, minding the contract that you keep with yourself of providing, whether that's for yourself, your family, what have you, it's not necessarily something that you love. Paying the bills. Pays the bills, right? Then you oh, have, <laughs> yeah, then, and, and it's okay to not like your job. And a lot of people don't like their jobs, right? It's just, it's almost transactional. The job, yeah. Job, J-O-B. Then you have the career, which some people might not ever have a career, which is fine. Um, but it's essentially a job that you're passionate about, right? Where your what you do to pay your bills is something um, whose mission you believe in, whose mission you're aligned with. And I love this. Elizabeth Gilbert says, like, love your career or don't have one. Like, don't misalign your expectations there. And it's very easy to conflate. Um, that, and then lastly, relevant to the, today's topic is vocation, which is you know, derived from the Latin word vocare, which literally means to call your calling. And she describes it as the universe whispering in your ear, you need to do this. You need to use your talents and your unique individuality and make something with this. And nobody can take it away from you and nobody can give it to you. And just such profound profound wisdom. And I think that when we have the privilege of identifying with something that's an expression of our true heart, and we happen to be able to make money from it or make a build a career out of it, it is this lovely, most precious thing. And it is a velvet handcuff because if it's take, if it's jeopardized, you know, by a pandemic or by an artistic director or by a shifting in casting or a injury that's potentially career ending, ending or definitely a setback. Um, it's not just your job that's at stake for us. It is our calling feels threatened. Um, and we've all had to do a significant amount of rewiring over this past year. Um, for me, five years of, of rewiring of, okay, how do I lean into my calling now and now that that's not what's paying my bills? Um, it's, it's a toss up. It's messy. It's not clear. Um, but wrapping my head around this language of like, these can be different things. And I can seek, I can seek different types of answers from asking different types of questions within this space of calling and aligning myself with something that I love. Um, 
and then finding jobs that pay the bills and then doing hobbies that feed the passion that align with a career that I might have again, or might not, um, those type, that type of like, almost like usurping of what we think and understand to be our life's work. There's flexibility there and there's power in the flexibility. So I've gone on about 35 tangents and I would love to throw it to you. You just said something that I'm really glad that I asked you what I'm glad that I asked you to explain how you view this velvet handcuff concept because I didn't realize that I actually was interpreting it slightly differently. They both, and they both are, so you just really kind of expanded my mind when you said both, and I think both my view that I will share, it it goes right alongside what you shared, which is just makes me realize how, how even more big of a topic this is because what you shared was that the velvet handcuff, it's like when a pandemic hits or casting changes or you're injured, you're, you're impacted in this certain way, right? And because you have this calling and it's, it's a direct infringement on like, not just your job, but on your heart center, right? Yeah, so yeah. The other side to that disco ball that I saw was, I feel that where, where I feel the velvet handcuff is and where I felt it, I certainly felt it when I wasn't cast in the role I wanted or when I got injured and I was sidelined. I felt the pain of that. Like, well, now I'm removed from my guiding light. Like this isn't that I didn't get the extra shift. It's that I literally just felt like my heart was broken by not being cast or by the injury. But where I also see it is that because we love something so much it's a little bit like when you're in a toxic relationship, you allow, because you have this certain purpose and this certain love and this, this, you identify it so early on, you do sometimes more easily go against your own value system or go against your own self-worth or better judgment at times, because you come back to this sort of like, well, this is my, this is my purpose. So I'm, going to treat my body. I'm not going to honor my body because if I lose X amount of weight, I will get the role or I'm, I'm not going to use my voice and my better judgment to know that I'm meant to have a conversation with my director and level the playing field here a bit or speak my needs because I love this so much that my voice doesn't matter. So that's where I think throughout my career, I felt the weight of that handcuff. That weight of that handcuff for me was in, was in because our, our actual sense of self and identity can become so melded into that vocation concept, that yeah. calling concept, we start to lose. And that's where it taps into these conversations we've had about like identity crisis, mm-hmm. the body image, all those, all those different topics kind of relate back to this handcuff because we wouldn't have those issues if we weren't so blessed to have a calling, right? Yeah, yeah. Those aren't typical. They, they are issues that exist in jobs, but they're, they aren't because they are about a true sense of self and identity attached to something we love. And, and the, then the flip side of that, or not the flip side, but the, the extra element of the velvet handcuff is that when you start to depart and know that you've sort of lived that chapter 
or unfortunately, maybe you have to stop because of an injury or for whatever reason, you, there is most likely a extended period of time in which you have to sit with the unknown and the discomfort of not having that other whisper that instantly drops into your ear and pulls you off into some, mm-hmm. and, and you compare everything. It's like that, again, the toxic relationship yeah. where you, 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 the chemistry or whatever that might be, we have a chemistry with our art form, right? It's this chemistry, this electric butterfly, this like thing that you're like, Oh my God, that's, that's it. That's, that's the one, that's the one is how we feel about our art form. And then as you move on and you start to try new things and you're curious and you have new jobs, you don't get that electric feeling of like, I'm with my soulmate, I'm with the one. And so you perhaps don't invest in it, but Oh, this is cool. What it's reminding me of is that I had a conversation with a group of friends recently about relationships that we find versus relationships that we make. And it really relates to this, which is that for most of us, we found our art form, right? We found it, it found us. There was like a moment of just coming together of, I'm going to be a dancer. I'm going to be an actress. I'm going to be a singer. I'm going to play the cello. And there's like this coming together where you find it and then you go all in. But in life, a lot of relationships are ones, and maybe the ones really worth pursuing are the ones that you make, where you come into it with a set of values, certain comfort in who you are. And you take steps every day to really like invest in that relationship, in that job, in that art form. And I think that in terms of how do we proactively, productively manage our relationship with the velvet handcuff, I think that the answer to that is removing the concept of it's the one, removing the the illusion of fantasy that's wrapped around our wrist that ties so central to who we are, but acknowledging why we're connected to it, acknowledging the values with which we went in loving it and what it, what it, the, the qualities in us that it brings out that are our strengths, right? Our creativity, our commitment, our discipline, our passion, our, our sense of community, the music, whatever those things are that, that tie you to it in a really healthy way. And then proactively choosing to invest in those qualities in ourselves inside the art form and outside the art form. And, um, yeah. Being a witness to the moments when we go against our better judgment or against our actual selves, because we, the moments when we betray ourselves by not taking care of ourselves because we love something so much that we're willing to sacrifice our well being yeah. and our mental health. Yeah. And that's, it's a cost trade off. It's, it's a, a I cost trade off. I love how you pulled that into toxic relationships. And I think that you know, I'm sitting here trying to think back on the first time that I heard the expression velvet handcuff. And I'm pretty sure it was from a friend of mine that works for a very large tech company. And, um, there's this thing happening over the past few years, specifically among competitive tech hype, big tech, they're calling it, um, where they're calling it They're We're calling big tech. We don't know them. The Facebooks, the Twitters, um, where they make it so attractive perk wise for employees to work there. Right. So there's like five meals a day and, and car service. And like, you can take a nap in the middle of the day or take yoga between meetings, which should be a thing everywhere. But, um, just to say that 
they're making it, they're, they're, they're shackling a velvet handcuff onto their employees where it's like, we're anticipating that you're going to spend your entire day here, but we're going to make it like super cush so that it's like lessens the blow. And so I feel like I, you know, I took that a little bit out of context mapping onto this idea of identity, but I think where it ties in is that artists show up for job opportunities with this insatiable thirst. And let me tell you, they're not getting the perks. Like the, it is not, they're not there for the perks. They're not there for some cush salary. We'll do they're, it for free. Unfortunately, we'll do, do it, it for free more often than not. It is this absolute opportunity for abuse of power, um, unfortunately. And um, this just kind of like insatiability of artists wanting to share their talent at, at the cost of their well-being, at the cost of their health. And, um, you know, then you're realizing your passion and you're, you're stepping into your calling and you're doing it, but at what cost is it sustainable? Like is, you know, thinking about what Elizabeth Gilbert said, and she's like, the vocation will always be there for people that connect with it. Again, like nobody can give it to you and nobody can take it away. So maybe you have to have the job that pays for your bills so that you can continue building your career or lean into your calling in a different capacity. And there's seasons of shifting where you feel like one might align with the other in a different kind of way or a more indulgent way or a more, you know, um, you know, kind of pulled apart type of way where you're having to reconcile a bit. Um, but I love what you said. I, and I think that it's absolutely true. There's no, um, there's room to manage the relationship in a proactive way. And so much of it is just the story that we're telling ourselves around it. Um, and a challenge almost of, okay, how can I honor, how can I honor myself and honor the privilege of knowing what makes my heart sing um, in a way that feels sustainable for my growth, for my yeah. well-being, productive. And, you know, I'm not trying to say this like that's an easy thing to do. That is very much a practice but little steps each day, like little self-affirmations, um, surrounding yourselves with empowering conversation with mentorship, um, around the space. Yeah, there's, oh, I was going to say that the best, I think that the best way to end this conversation is with that very quick. I was going to ask that very question, which was just that you just spoke it so perfectly. It's to ask anyone who's listening right now to look at in what way am I sacrificing my overall well-being mm -hmm. because of this vocation that I am, this calling that I am so grateful and so gifted to possess? And how can I empower that calling without losing myself, my self-worth or yeah. my mental health in the process? And so I think maybe we all take, that's the note for today. Let's all take stock and yeah. sit with that. And to acknowledge that, that we can realize the same calling in many different ways. It's yes. not always going to look like getting the contract or getting the role or getting the gig. Um, some seasons it might, and that's super cool. And you can lean into that platform um, of expression, but you know, part of what birthed artists becoming was this idea that we're forever becoming, we're forever evolving. And sometimes when the doors to one stage close, it's just because there's a larger stage for you to step onto and you have to be open to that um, and flexible around what that might look and feel and taste like. Yeah. 
Yeah. I don't think that the calling ever ends. There's never an end to the call. Yeah. It's just that maybe the tone shifts like, yeah. And you allow it to. Yeah. That's a good one. Oh, I need to say. Kumbaya, my lord. (laughs) Kumbaya. I think that uh, we'll sit with that. Want to connect further with our community at Artists Becoming? Rate and review this podcast and subscribe to stay on top of our weekly guest artist conversations and our small chats, big topics. Check out www.artistbecoming.com to learn more about our monthly subscription membership filled with on-demand guided meditation and yummy yoga practices to support your unique journey as a performing artist. Follow along on Instagram at Artist Becoming for sneak peeks and inspiring content and DM us the dream artists, athletes, performers, psychologists that you'd love to hear from or topics you'd like for us to unpack. Sharing is caring, so fire up that group chat, share to your stories, comment, share, 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 and just stay connected with us. We are here for your becoming.